1: Welcome to The Tipping Point Show, I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you've joined me for today's program. And I'm talking about something today I've never talked about before. I have never taught uh, on the end times related to angels. Now, when you look at end times theology, angels are all over it. And we're gonna be talking about a lot of end time theology today and the book of Revelation. I'm having to skip over literally myriads of angels just to show you the, the main angels that are involved in the end time. Now I wanna talk about angels generally, and then I wanna talk about angels related to the end time. Before I do that, let me just remind you, we have this book, Where Are the Missing People? This is a book that you leave behind. You know, Once we're raptured and, and the Lord takes us out, there are gonna be billions of people left on the earth. And this book is designed, it says the, the sudden disappearance of millions and what happens next. And so what this book does is it uh, allows you to keep this on your coffee table, your bedside table, your car, your apartment, you know, your dorm room, wherever you leave it. But somebody, you know, when we're gone, people are going to be going through our stuff, and this will help them to know what just happened, to explain to them what the Bible said just happened, and lead them to Christ, and explain to them how to have a relationship with Christ, and also explain to them what's about to happen in the world. So this this is going to be, a, a, you know, an eternity saver for a lot of people. Now, we just went over, uh, over 100,000 of these books that we've sold. These have been selling very quickly. And so you can go to missingpeoplebook.com and you can get a big discount there if you're buying more than one. You can buy one. You can also get it on amazon.com. I think it's $8.95 or something like that. We have almost a 1,000. Uh, and You can go on Amazon and see all of the reviews that we have. I think we have like almost a thousand five star reviews of this book. People are reading it and it's blessing them and some people are getting saved reading this book right now. So missingpeoplebook.com, and I'm saying this too right now because Christmas is coming up, and you might wanna give these away to family members and, and things like that, just to empower them to leave it around for someone. But if they read it, I can promise you, it's gonna bless them. And for some, in some cases, it's gonna wake them up to the reality of what's going on in the world. This is These are the testimonies that we're getting from this. Where are the missing people? You can get it on missingpeoplebook.com, and you can also get it on amazon.com. But if you're buying more than one, you'll get a much better discount on missingpeoplebook.com. Let me talk about angels. One of the subjects that is very central to end times teaching is how involved angels are in carrying out God's plan. In the setting about angels in the end times, let's begin to understand who angels are and the role that they play. And so the first thing is they're ministering spirits sent to help believers and those who will inherit salvation. This is what Hebrews one says about angels. But to which of the angels has God ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? They're they're just God's servants that come into the earth realm to minister to us. And so, you know, we have angels, you know, and I'll talk about that more in just a minute. We have angels. John Lindell was on the program. He is the pastor of James River Church. And he had a very powerful encounter with an angel that healed him. The the angel grabbed him. He had cancer and healed him of cancer. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalm 91 says, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent shall uh, you shall trample underfoot. Now notice both of those scriptures there, that they protect those who put their trust in God, that they fear God. They're they're uh, you know they're uh, trusting in God's protection and under God's authority. And I heard, jokingly, I heard someone say one time, you know, we have guardian angels that, you know, like when we're driving down the road, they're there to, to guard us. But if we ex- exceed the speed limit, that they can't go faster than the speed limit. Now that, that's kind of a joke. They can go as fast as they want to go. But I do believe that there is a special uh, presence of God, an angelic presence of God when we're submitted to God and when we're trusting Him. And so the, they also escort us to heaven when we die. Now this is Luke chapter 16. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at uh, his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was the beggar died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now notice it says the angels carried Lazarus it didn't say they carried the rich man and so now i've been at the bedside of many many believers when they died let me tell you when i was a young pastor i dreaded doing funerals and i dreaded uh people dying in in the church that i pastored but when it started happening one of the things that i noticed was the presence of god uh, at the death of a christian is unbelievable it's one of the most precious things in the world, most powerful things in the world. And my, my father-in-law died a few years ago, very strong Christian, went to sleep and never woke up again. And so we talked to the hospice nurse and she said, well, he's maybe a day or two away from passing. And she said, then don't be surprised uh, right before he uh, his heart stops beating, if he doesn't open his eyes and reach his arms out. She said, because the angels come for him. Well, if there's anyone who knows about that, it would be a hospice nurse. And she said it just matter-of-factly. Then I believed her. And so as a believer, uh, when we pass, angels come and take us into the presence of God. And the Bible says that very clearly there. Uh, Children have angels. This is Matthew 18. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven there are angels. Always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So God evidently assigns an angel to each one of our children. And remember up until about the age of 13, you know, children, any any child that dies goes to heaven. And so they're before the age of accountability. The the angel of the Lord, sometimes when you're reading in the Old Testament, you'll notice it says the angel of the Lord and angel is capitalized, that's Jesus. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is Jesus pre-incarnate and Jesus is all over the Old Testament uh, in his pre-incarnate form. But we're not to worship angels. And so again, Jesus is not an angel, by the way. He's just at the, he's over the angels.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: Angels are not created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. Angels are simply ministering spirits that God created to minister on His behalf, but they are not in His image and they will not marry Jesus. We are of a higher created order than the angels eternally. We are for a little while lower than the angels is what the Bible says, but we are of a much higher order than the angels. And so Colossians chapter two says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So angels, you know, throughout the Bible are messengers and ministers the truth. But we don't worship angels now. You know, the, there—I've been a pastor for 40 years, and there there was a, a fad that was in the church for a, a good number of years, maybe five or 10 years, and some pastors and a lot of individuals were having encounters with angels. Now, I'm sure some of them may have been true. I have never that I know of, had an encounter with an angel. I mean, I probably have, because the Bible tells us sometimes we have encounters with angels unaware. And so I probably have had an encounter with an angel that I didn't know about. And I certainly believe that some people have, like John Lindell, very powerful example. But a lot of people have experiences with angels, have experiences with angels in a life and death situation, like John Lindell. And so you don't always necessarily want an encounter with an angel, but we went through this period of time that it was kind of like a status symbol that you that you uh, had an encounter with an angel or that you saw an angel or something like that. Well, it's not a status symbol. You, you are surrounded by angels whether you realize it or not. And sometimes they may appear in our world, but not always as, as someone that we would recognize. That's why it says you entertain angels unaware. But my point in this message is to say, Angels play an absolutely crucial role. There's kind of two extremes. One is the worship of angels, and the other is not believing in them. And I'm telling you, we have angels. There are times, I'm certain in my own life, there have been probably hundreds if not thousands of instances where something bad would have happened to me without my angel doing something about it, our guardian angels. And so they play a huge role in our lives they play a huge role in eternity, but they also play a huge role in the end times. Let's go through some of the specific end time scriptures and let's look at the angels that are a part of the end times beginning with the book of Daniel and the angel Gabriel. Now this is when the end began. I have a message that I preach and it's called, when did the end begin? Here's when the end began. Cause some people say, you know, Jimmy, why do you have to have an end times? Why are you people so obsessed with the end times? Hey, it wasn't my idea. It was God in the Old Testament, beginning in Daniel chapter nine, when the end was announced. Here it is right here. Daniel nine, beginning in verse 20. While I was speaking, praying, this is Daniel speaking. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly reached me about the time of the evening offering and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out and I've come to tell you for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, the street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. Let's stop right there because it keeps going on to talk about the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist and all that. So Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, when it says the man Gabriel, this is the angel Gabriel flying swiftly came to him and told him 490 prophetic years were being announced from then, from the announcement of the, a command to go back and rebuild Jerusalem until the very end, there would be 490 prophetic years. Now, the, four, the first 483 prophetic years, exactly the way that Gabriel said have been exactly fulfilled to the day. From March the 14th of 445 BC, until April 6th of 32 AD. That was exactly fulfilled from the time that Artaxerxes Longimanus announced, decreed that they could go back and rebuild the city until Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Exactly 483 years, 173,880 days, exactly prophetically fulfilled. That is how specific the Bible is but there are seven years left to be fulfilled. That's the tribulation. And so Gabriel comes and says, it has been established, Daniel, that there are only 490 prophetic years left. So the end began whenever they announced, Artaxerxes announced that there could be the rebuilding of Jerusalem. It ends at the end of the tribulation. This age ends at the end of the tribulation, but God sent Gabriel the angel to begin all that. So angels also announced the location of the second coming of Christ. When Jesus ascended, this is Acts chapter one, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood beside them in white apparel and also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now remember, this is the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is standing there, and he ascends from the Mount of Olives. This is Zechariah 14, speaking about the second coming. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making it a very large valley. Half the mountain shall move toward the north and half toward the south. Then you shall flee through my my mountain valley for the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah, thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. Now, this is a parallel text with Acts 1. It's also a parallel text with Revelation 19. It says, thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with him and return to the Mount of Olives. Revelation 19 says, that that's where it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then it says that uh, he returns on a white horse and all the saints return with him. So understand this, when the rapture happens and we go to heaven for seven years, and I'll be answering a question during the subscriber portion about the timing of the marriage supper of the lamb. And I've got a very specific question because some people believe that the marriage supper of the lamb doesn't happen until the end of the tribulation based on Revelation 19. I'm gonna correct that. But Jesus comes and we come with him. When Jesus returns to the earth, we literally come right up. We're looking right over his shoulder when it happens. It's gonna be an unbelievable moment. But an angel is the one who announced the specific location where Jesus was gonna come back in the New Testament. We'll get right back to Tipping Point in a moment, but I wanted to take a second to tell you about our sponsor, ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN is like leaving your kids with the nearest stranger while using the restroom. Most of the time is probably fine, but you never truly know who you're trusting. What if they're a kidnapper or a serial killer? ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between your device and the internet it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It is so easy to use. You just start the app and press one button to get protected. You can connect up to five devices simultaneously and it works on all your devices. Protect you and your family today and get an extra three months free by visiting expressvpn.com slash end times. That's e x p r e s s v p n. VPN Dot com slash endtimes. To stay safe and get an extra three months free, visit expressvpn.com slash endtimes. The rapture will also occur with the voice of an archangel, first Thessalonians 4. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall also always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words." Now notice there it says, we meet him in the air. Okay, that's the rapture. The second coming is on the Mount of Olives because okay, that's another way to understand it. It says, the voice of an archangel. Only Michael, now Michael and Gabriel, we believe are archangels. Michael we know is an archangel because the book of Jude tells us that Michael is an archangel. Gabriel, uh, he is announced as an archangel in the book of Enoch. And now the first book of Enoch, I believe is inspired. It's not canon, it's not the Bible. The other two books of Enoch are not inspired. They've already proven, been proven to be false. Now remember, the book of Jude quotes uh, the book of Enoch. And so you can't dismiss the book of Enoch, but I believe Michael and Gabriel. So at the, at the rapture, either Michael or Gabriel, there's gonna be the, the, the voice of an archangel there. The book of Revelation was given to John by the Lord's angel. This is Revelation one the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus, to all the things he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to people who read it. That's why it's so important to read it. And so, But we're told there that John was given the revelation by the angel of the Lord. The scroll with the seals that begins the tribulation will be controlled by a strong angel. This is Revelation 5. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So again, you, you just see how many times that, that an angel is involved. We have, I'm, I'm not finished yet, we have more to go. But you see how many times an angel is involved. And so I, I believe these angels are present with us right now. And I believe that, it, and of course, as believers, you have to understand one of the beautiful things the instant that we're raptured, we enter into the, to the uh, unseen realm. We're a part of the supernatural realm. And I think it's going to be absolutely intriguing all of a sudden to be able to see myriads and myriads and myriads of angels that are around us and how they interact. But God uses angels in a profound way all the time, but related to the end times. This is another one. An angel seals the 144,000 Jews in the tribulation with the seal of God. This is Revelation 7. After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth or the sea or on any tree. So there are four angels right there. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Now this is Revelation 14. Again, talking about the 144,000. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. So an angel is the one who seals the 144,000 in their forehead, because they're not gonna be harmed. All these judgments that are coming in on the earth, they're not gonna be harmed. But here's interesting, it says his father's name, the lamb was with the 144,000 because they go around the world proclaiming the gospel to the entire world, but his father's name is on their forehead. So this is interesting. And I'm not preaching this as a doctrine, I'm sharing this as something that's interesting. And that is, there are those that believe that the church is the bride of Jesus and the Jews are the bride of the Father. Now remember, you go to Revelation 21 and you read about the New Jerusalem, it says there are 12 gates to enter the city of the New Jerusalem and every gate has the name of a patriarch on it, the, the 12 sons of Jacob. Okay, so all around, but it has 12 foundations and each of the foundations has a name of the apostle. So it's interesting, the New Jerusalem is branded both to the church and to the Jews. And so an example is before Jesus came and in the Old Testament, before Jesus became the standard of salvation, what happens to David? What happens to Moses? What happens to Aaron? What happens to you know all the, the wonderful people in the Old Testament? Well, they certainly don't go to hell. And so where do they go? So there are those that believe that in the New Jerusalem, this is shared by the Old Testament Jewish saints that are the bride of the Father and the church that is the bride of Christ. Interesting thing. Okay, another one. Three angels proclaim a universal message to the world in Revelation 14. It says, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel followed saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen the great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath for fornication Then the third angel followed with them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Now, let I me. Mean, there's several things in there. The first is, it says that they'll be tormented in the presence of, of the lamb and his holy angels. Satan is not the Lord of hell, Jesus is the Lord of hell. And so Satan is, is in the judgment of hell like everybody there with him, he's, he's, he's bound there. And so, uh, but it says it begins by saying an angel came and proclaimed the everlasting gospel to the four corners of the world, every tribe, nation and tongue. When Jesus said this gospel will be preached into all the world and then the end will come, that's when it happens. It happens through the church before the rapture. It happens through the 144,000 after the rapture. It happens through the two witnesses after the rapture. And finally, it happens with this angel in Revelation chapter 20, preaching the gospel supernaturally to every person on earth. And so these angels that are proclaiming the gospel and Babylon has fallen, and the, un, uh, the unforgivable sin of taking the mark of the beast. The, the, these are all angels proclaiming three important messages. And here's finally, an angel binds Satan for a thousand years at the beginning of the millennium. This is Revelation 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Here's here's the wonderful thing about that scripture. It just takes one angel. You know, when it talked about the seals, it says a strong angel said, who is worthy to break the, the seals? This doesn't even say it's a strong angel. So let me just say, first of all, when Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him. That means that two-thirds stayed with God. That means in the angelic realm, the the angels of God are twice as powerful as the angels of Satan. But how much more powerful is God than Satan? Uh, It would be like uh, the United States of America uh, fighting uh, 30 people. There's just no, there's just no comparison. I mean, God is infinitely more powerful than the devil. So when it comes time to lock the devil up, one angel goes over and takes him and puts him in the bottomless pit. But but I just want you to notice now the angelic participation in the end times, but the same is true for us today. We don't worship angels, but you need to remember you have angels around you all the time. And God is using those angels in your child's life. The day that if if Jesus tarries and we pass away, they're going to take us into the presence of God. In the meantime, we have guardian angels that are with us. They're ministering spirits sent to render aid to God's elect. So when you're praying for yourself, you're praying for your family, you're praying for your children, whoever you're praying for, angels are dispatched. God uses angels in a supernatural way in the earth realm to help us, but they are and will be a major part, of the end times. Now I'm gonna talk about Israel. We're going into the subscriber portion. I'm gonna talk about some incredible things that are happening regarding the building of the third temple. I'm also gonna be answering a lot of questions right now. We have a lot of end time questions that our subscribers have written in, so I'm gonna be answering these questions. If you're not a subscriber to endtimes.com, it's $7 a month, $77 a year, you get the full Tipping Point podcast plus all of our other vi- all of our videos and articles that come out all week long and all of our archives seven dollars a month and there's a seven day uh, trial period also. so pay your seven dollars try us out for seven days. I guarantee it's the best seven dollars you'll ever spend. We would love to have you be a subscriber to endtimes.com so if you're not a subscriber go to endtimes.com If you are a subscriber if you're watching this on YouTube you cannot watch the full uh, uh, podcast on YouTube, you need to go to endtimes.com where you're subscribed and watch it there or respond to the email that we sent you as a subscriber. If you're a subscriber, stay tuned.